Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. So through all the length of days, uh, You spread a table in our sight, in the presence of our enemies. Thy unction grace bestoweth. And oh, what transport of delight from thy pure chalice floweth. Oh, let this be our portion as we go into your word this afternoon. Anoint me afresh. Let me speak as I should. Indeed, as an oracle of God. Put the same unction that is upon me, upon my ears, upon my heart and my lips. Put it upon the ears and the hearts of your people. So that your word will flow freely from you through me to your people. To do an internal and eternal work in each of our hearts, including my own. In particular, Father, we ask that our wills will become more humble, minds will be more enlightened with revelation knowledge, emotions will be more tempered and controlled by the power of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray as I speak, the power of the Holy Spirit be released in great as well as in sufficient measure to back these words, follow them, wherever they are heard and are releasing all the earth. Yes, power that will heal, power that will deliver, power that will break yokes, power that will free men so that they will become doers of the things that they hear and are hearers only. I pray for mercy to be faithful that I will deliver the word with precision. Redeem the time. Say only what you want me to say. Bring it out of the treasure of this word, things new and old, as a scribe instructed unto the kingdom, in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And all those in agreement with me, receiving every blessing I mentioned in that prayer, in their individual lives, all individually agreed and said, Amen. I have a landmark prophetic message that I'm bringing to us this morning. It's actually a spin-off from what I shared here in church on Wednesday. That was a very powerful meeting. I would, If you were not here and you haven't heard it, go and get the message. And I've entitled it, Days of Heaven on Earth. Days of Heaven on Earth. I'd like you to turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy. And we're going to read... Verse 21, 
to start with. God was speaking to the children of Israel as they were going to enter the promised land. Deuteronomy is the last book of what our Jewish brethren call the Torah. And Moses had been leading them from Egypt for the past 40 years. They had been in the wilderness for 40 years. And most of it totally unnecessary. They came out of Egypt. They came into a place called Kadesh Barnea. And Moses sent out 12 spies. And they did go and see the land. And they came back and said, truly the land is a great land. But 10 of them brought an evil report saying, well, yes, but the opposition is the sons of Anak are tall. They've got cities whose walls are very high. There is no way we can overcome these people. But two of them, Joshua and Caleb, they came back with a good report. They saw the same giants. They saw the same walls. But they said, let us go up at once for their bread for us. And the Lord is able to help us and take us to take us into the land. And, and those guys, you know, they go down in history. Joshua and Caleb. However, because the majority did not believe and they were in rebellion against Moses and Aaron and, and uh, Joshua and Caleb, God allowed them to roam in the land for 40 years. And most of the, all, all the older generation, you know, and it's important to think about this, that you'll be able to appreciate Psalm 90. Joshua was in his 20s. He was a young man. He was in his 20s. All the people who were 21 years old and above, except for Joshua and Caleb, they all perished in the wilderness. They died. They never entered the promised land. So you can imagine that 40 years later, Joshua would be in his 60s like I am now. Because I'm going to give a prophetic um, correspondence to this, you know. And people like uh, Caleb, who were in their 40s and 50s, you know, Caleb was 85. A similar thing has happened in our time. There's a prophetic parallel. 40 years ago, about, there was a great word that came through men like Kenneth Hagin, but it wasn't Kenneth Hagin alone. And others... In fact, since the turn of the century, after the uh, restoration of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in speaking in tongues, first of all in Topeka, Kansas in 1901, and then a few years later in um, <clears throat> Azusa Street in California, in Los Angeles, through a black man called Will William Simo, the Holy Spirit was restored. From that time, you know, men of God, John G. Lake, Smith Wigglesworth. Later on, people like, you know, Gordon Lindsay. Uh, later on, you know, Kenneth Hagan and others all prophesied, every single one of them, about an end-time move that was going to come before Jesus returns. In fact, I remember reading Smith Wigglesworth's because he had a great ministry. He was raised about 14 people from the dead. That is documented. 
There might be others that, you know, weren't documented. You know, when you go to places like Denmark and Switzerland and, and some of the Scandinavian countries, they would bring out people on the road, just like in the time of Jesus. And he would just, you know, pray and people would get healed. You know, he had a, a wonderful healing uh, uh, ministry. And uh, he prophesied. He said, you know, people were saying, oh, you know, we all want to be like it. He said, you haven't seen anything yet. He said, what I'm doing now it will be very elementary. It will be like a drop in the bucket compared to what God is going to do in the end time. This was picked up by men like Kenneth Hagin and others. And they all prophesied. And I got born again by the grace and the mercy of God in the year of the Lord, 1979. That very year, God prophesied through Kenneth E. Hagin, one of the most spectacular prophecies that he had ever given. He prophesied a lot, you know, over the years, but this was most spectacular. It was in Lakewood, Texas, in the church of John Osteen, who is the father of the present Joel Osteen. And in that, in that prophecy, he actually had an open vision. Two angels came into the auditorium with wings. One flew this way, the other flew that way. The first angel asked the other angel, he said, Ho, 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 what about the future? Will it be dark or will it be bright? And the second angel answered the first angel and said, I don't know. Only God knows. But sometimes he will reveal it to the sons of men. And immediately the second angel said that the unction of the Holy Spirit came on Kenneth Hagin and he prophesied. And he said, son of man, prophesy unto these people. The end is not yet. He said, I'm going, I'm going to paraphrase now. We have that prophecy on our website, and I'm sure uh, Bimba can put it up. You know, uh, I will not say everything because of time. But this was the summary of the prophecy, that the end is not yet. Yes, the gospel has been preached all over the world, every continent, China, Africa, South America, everywhere. But the end is not yet, and the reason is this, that the church has only stepped in knee-deep into the waters of the power of the Holy Spirit. But the prophecy of Ezekiel in chapter 47, 48, was that they would move from ankle to waist, from waist to chest, and that water would totally submerge them. In other words, there's going to be a generation of Christians that are going to walk in the fullness of uh, the, 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 the power of the measure of the power of the spirit without measure. Let me just put that. Now we're going to walk with the spirit without measure. That was symbolically what that prophecy was saying. Yes, he's coming. But he will not come until the, the church enters into that fullness. And he went on that prophecy said that, you know, there are three levels of the church. 34, 64, he didn't, he didn't use those words. I'm paraphrasing. But this is what he said. He said, there are some who get born again you know, and that's where they stop. He said, there are some who get born again and they get filled with the Holy Spirit and they speak in tongues. But air, I still remember that expression, the cares of this world crept in, you know, and choked the word. And he said, occasionally in prayer, occasionally in an hour of emergency, they would rise up and they would pray and the Holy Spirit would minister to them and through them. He said, then they would slip back into the natural I know this thing so well because it is ingrained in my spirit. When I got born again and I heard that prophecy, I knew in my heart that God wanted me to be one of those people in that, that 
prophecy spoke about. And I've carried it in my heart for 40 years. 43 actually, it's 44 years now. I've carried, like Joshua and Caleb, I carried it in my heart these 40, 43 years. You know, and I've been waiting for it. It still hasn't come, but it is at the door now. Now, he, he said, some get, he said, and they stop there. You know, they get burned. And that speaks of the majority of the Pentecostal church. In fact, that, that is, is such an accurate prophecy. He said, they will minister, then they will slip back. Most of us live in the natural. We don't live in the spirit. Majority of us, what I was preaching this morning, you know, about the fruit of the spirit and strife. You know, most of us, that's how we live. We, we were born again, we're spirit-filled, we speak in tongues, but we live like natural men. We act like natural men. We talk like natural men. Then he said, but some, the third category of Christians, renewed their mind with the word. And they began to see that the manifestation of the spirit, or the, what, what, the gifts of the spirit was for them. They dedicated themselves and they consecrated themselves and they separated themselves from the carnal and from the natural so that they could be holy vessels made for the master's use and they went further into the realm of the miraculous. Then he closed with this. He said, some will look into the world. Uh, you know, I've said all of this one. It's been now on a reviving in those days. That it's going to, we, but we're still going to see, you can move from this, you know, a greater move of the Spirit. He said that, you know, <clears throat> that God is going to raise up what the Bible, what people will call a new breed, a new generation, who will know the revelation of the name of Jesus Christ, and they will rise up, and they will do great and mighty works. Uh, yes, this is it. He is raising up. That's 1979. And will raise up 2023. Up what those in the natural vernacular will call a new breed. And they will not be inhabited inhibited rather, by the traditions of the past, nor shall they be downcast because of the negativism of the past, nor shall they be circumscribed or hindered because of the thinking of men. Next. But knowing their rights and privileges in Christ, they will rise up with the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it shall be said of them, as those in the New Testament, that they that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. So, prepare ye the way of the Lord, for the Lord cometh, but occupy till he comes. I have carried this for 43 years. And the Lord is speaking to me, he said, the time is now. Just like Joshua and Caleb, over 40 years. And what happened Many of us thought this thing was going to happen within the next year or two. I still remember. 1980, 81, 82, 83, there was such an expectation, especially among the Word of Faith people. And not only Word of Faith, you know, people were expecting this great move of God, but it didn't come. It didn't happen. And many people slip back into the natural, just like he said. And the church, particularly Word of Faith, became, began to emphasize money, prosperity, and materialism. And we've been roaming around this wilderness, so to speak, 
The promised land of the perfection of the fullness of Christ is right in front of us. But I believe the hour has come and now is where the church is to enter into the land. And some of us who were young men then, like Joshua, we're in our 60s now, and some of the older men who were in their 40s, 50s, some of them, yeah, you know, they're now in their late 80s, you know, some of them are in the 80s, some have died, like an Hagen has died, some are still alive, you know, and the, the Joshua's and the Caleb's, uh, have the, we have the wisdom, because we've been in this thing for a long time, and the knowledge, and the understanding, and the revelation, which is what I'm going to be sharing with you in a minute, you know, of how God wants us to go into the land and take the land. The land is not heaven. It's the perfection and the fullness of Christ. What the scripture now describes, let's go to Deuteronomy 11.21, where it says, it says the, that your days may be multiplied. This is the will of God for us. And the days of your children in the land... <coughs> Where, where, which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give to them as, everybody say, as the days of heaven upon earth. Everybody say it. I didn't hear you. Say it again. Observe is not days. Say days. There is going, there is coming, and the hour is coming and now is when we will be on earth, but it will be as if we are in heaven. I would say the days of heaven on earth. The Lord Jesus Christ intimated this in what we call the Lord's Prayer. He said we should pray. He said that thy kingdom come and that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That prayer has not yet been answered in its fullness. And this word that Moses gave the children of Israel at that time was prophetic of this end time. That is why this is a landmark message. The church is about to enter into this uh, experience of having, we will be on earth. This is not the millennial reign. This is not going to, we're going to be here. But we are going to so dominate. We are going to release the power of the spirit without measure in such a great abundance in heaven. That. The Bible also speaks about this. I've given you a scripture from the Lord's Prayer. I'm giving you a third one now where the, uh, the Bible says that we should taste of the powers of the age to come. Is the age to come, the millennium. He said, but we are going to bring some of the power and the experience of the millennial reign and bring it into this dispensation to manifest the days of the heaven upon the earth. Now let, let me give you scriptures. I've been so fired up by this scripture. After that Wednesday meeting, I was just speaking, I didn't even, it wasn't in my notes, you know, about what God, you know, the, the, the prophetic word of what God is going to do, what God is about to do. Don't let me say, I, I prefer the word about because the whole, I have the witness of the spirit inside me that the time is now. And it's just about 40 years. And then he took me back to all this Joshua and Caleb thing. And interestingly, the, 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 the main man 
that God used at that time to bring this revelation like Moses is dead. Kenhig is dead. So there's a parallel. And we, the younger generation, the, the, jo the Joshua's of that time, who used to sit at the feet of Kenneth Hagin. And some of our older brethren who also served Kenneth Hagin and those fathers of that time were still alive. And it's our destiny to lead the younger generation into the promised land. The younger generation does not have the wisdom. They don't have the understanding. They don't have the revelation. They don't, you know, we have to teach it to them. That's what I've been doing for these past 30, 40 years. We have to teach it to them that such a thing exists. And then this is the way you get it. You know, through you know, uh, entering perfection. You know, using the blood, the word, and the spirit to perfect the love of God and all of that. So then I, let, me give you this, let me give you more scriptures. Look at Isaiah 60. Isaiah chapter... I'm, I want to give you the prophetic description of the days of heaven on earth. The first one is Isaiah 60. And it's verses 1 through 5. Let's all read. Say, Arise, shine. I didn't hear you. For thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Stop. You see, we've, we have the glory of God in the church to, to a degree, to a very small degree. He said, but something is going to happen. Light, revelation will come, and it's going to raise us up. It's going to cause the glory of God. It's going to rise. It's been, it's, it's been inside our hearts, dormant. But it's going to come out, and it's going to rise. And look at it. We're still on earth. This is not heaven. This is not millennial reign. This is here and now. For behold, behold means look and see. It's revelation. Darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. That is happening as I speak. Moral darkness, political darkness, economic darkness, and so on and so forth. But, 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 the Lord shall arise upon thee. Notice the word is shall, it's plural. It's, sorry, it's future. It's, it's prophetic. This is, what's, this, this is what we are about to enter into now. But the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen, not imagined, not perceived. Seen. Manifestation. Seen upon thee. And the consequence of it is verse 3. And the Gentiles, this, the nations, shall come to thy light. And kings, the president of America, the president of Russia, the president of China, the president of Ukraine, the president of Niger, the president of Nigeria, the president of the king of England, the prime minister of England, these men will come to the brightness of our rising. We're still going to be on earth, but it's going to be days of heaven on earth. They will come because they're going to see what they've never seen before. 
they're going to hear what they have never heard before. Fulfilling Romans chapter 8, I has not seen, neither have he has ears heard the things, this thing of the glory of God, these things of the days of heaven and earth, which the Lord has prepared for those that love him. This is right in front of us. And I remember the, the context in which I was saying this, and I also, I was preaching over the weekend in, in Elisha, you know, uh, for a group of people, a beautiful meeting, you know. And I said it to them then, Mama, my Elton came for one of the meetings. And I told the people, and, I, and I'm saying it to you now, the greatest days of our lives are in front of us. This is not a time to die. I told Mama, I, I tried to encourage her. You know, she said, well, maybe she's going to go home soon. I said, well, you could. But I said, Mama, I believe that, yes, you will go home. But I think God wants you to see at least the beginning of this glory. Then you can go. Like Anna and Simeon saw the Christ. Then he said, now we can go. That's what I'm believing for her. You know, I, I called Mommy from there. You know, we, we, we spoke to her, encouraged her. We, we do that. You know, we go and see her, you know, uh, quite regularly. You know, send things to her. You know, support her and everything. You know, she too. She this. You, you cannot talk to Mayelton and she will not talk about the coming king. <laughs> and the Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies and articles available on our website spcconline.org. Thank you and God bless you.